come on all over the room just lift up your voice how about you just take a minute and just close your eyes and just say god i just want you come on somebody just just i understand what's going on outside i know that we've got weeks to prepare for i know we've got things that have happened last week but come on just close your eyes and just say i just want you god say there's nothing else there's there's nothing else that matters. There's nothing else that's important. There's nothing else. Say, I just want you, God. I just need you. Nothing else. Jesus. Come on, and if you just want Jesus Christ, put your hands together this morning for just a second. Come on, if you just want to bask in the presence of the Lord for just a second, come on, put your hands together and lift up your voice. Come on, if you're like David and said that one thing have I desired of the Lord and that one thing that I long for, that I may dwell in the the house and the the presence and in the power of God all the days. Uh, Come on, just put your hands together and lift up your voice. Come on, if that's you, if you're just like, God, I need a breakthrough, God. I, I want something else, God. I, I can't do it on my own, God. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Jesus. How many of you know that we serve a mighty God? How many of you have ever experienced the the power of God in your life? How many of you can just say, like, I know what it's like? Amen. It's good to be here. Good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. I feel the presence of God. I feel it. As we are digging in the word today, I would just ask if somebody would just keep the name of the Lord just at the tip of your tongue, just, just continue to just breathe it in. Just, just come on somebody, just, just begin to just, I don't even know, like I, I, but Carl, sometimes I can't explain it. Like it just is just like, I'll just be just, just, just swaying in the presence of God. Sometimes I just like people don't understand it, but all I, I can, I can definitively say this. If you need something today, this I can say, I, I, I wish I could articulate, I can articulate lots of things, but I can't really articulate this because it just is so great and so grand. But, but I can say this, if you come in this morning and there is something that you need, if you've walked in this morning and there's something that you desire, there's something that's been on your heart, there's something that's been on your mind, there's something that's weighing on you, the answer is here. The solution is here. That which you've been looking for. Paul said it this way. He says, you know, y'all been sitting here worshiping this thing. You've been trying to figure out this unknown God. He says, but I know who it is. It's the one that we, that we, we live and move and have our being. That's, that's who's here today. So whatever you need, it's here. And if you don't need anything, 
You need to worship and praise God because you don't need anything. So again, you can be seated, but I'm going to ask you to still work. So you can be seated, but don't let your spirit sit down because... I need some of y'all to just keep on just being right here. Just keep activating, right? I'm, an, I'm looking at y'all. I need you. They wonder why I'm always looking. I need you. So this morning, we're going to continue talking about encounters with the king. Over the last few weeks, we've been jumping in to the story of Jesus' encounter with the Samaritan woman. A few weeks ago, we talked about the fact that Jesus met this woman at the well at a place where we all find ourselves at some point. This is a place where we gather, a place where we, we, we have to quench our thirst. This is a place that all of us will get to at some point. doesn't matter how young, how old, how rich, how poor, how healthy or ill. It does not matter. Every one of us will find ourselves at a place where we need something from Jesus Christ. And so we find that, 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 that Jesus met this woman at the well, and he provided her something that went beyond just her momentary need. Oftentimes we're saying, God, can you help me out of this situation? God, can you get me out of this jam? God, can you give me a little more grace? God, can you get me through this moment? God, can you, can you just sustain me right now? But, but he's saying, I want to give you something that goes beyond this moment. You're looking for water to quench your thirst right now, but if you ask me for the water that I can provide you, it's going to sustain you for the rest of your life, and not just for your life, but acts as it says, it's unto you and your children and your children's children and to the those that are far off. He says that if you come unto me, all ye that are heavy laden and burdened, he says, I will give you rest. Not just rest in this moment, but I'm going to give you a rest and a peace that sustains you through the rest of your life. So he provides you something that you didn't even know you needed. He says this living water. That's what he'll do. And then we understood that it says that she came at the sixth hour. If we dig a little deeper, we know that that was at noon. At an hour that people don't go and draw water. An hour that people aren't going out, and they're not working hard, they're not doing manual, that's not what happens. It's hot, it's uncomfortable, everybody goes in the morning. But he met her at this specific time, because he understood that she had a specific need. And so we understand that not only will he meet us at our place of need, with what we need, but he'll meet us in the hour of our need. And so then last week we had such a move of God. How many of you were blessed by last week? How many of you were blessed by just the power and the presence of God last week? It's beautiful. It's beautiful. And so then I just, I preached my altar call last week. I didn't even, I didn't even get to the, 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 the totality of the message because we didn't need it. Didn't need it. Went to the end. Because what Jesus said to her, he said, let me have some water. She says, sir, you don't have a pitcher. You don't have what you need. You don't have the mechanism for that. You don't have the supplies. He says, and also... You don't even, you, you wouldn't be talking to me. Like, you're not, we're not supposed to have this interchange. 
But then Jesus responded to her and says, listen, if you only knew who it was that is sitting in front of you, if you only knew the gift that God had for you and the one that is sitting in front of you, if you only knew. And so last week we left off with the fact that this idea that oftentimes we use this phrase of if you only knew to talk about what we've been through. If you only knew the struggle that I've endured, if you only knew the problems that I had to overcome, if you only knew how far I've come to make it here, you would understand why I'm so excited. You would understand why I shout. You would understand why I am, you would understand a little bit more right now my experience if you would have known and seen what I had to go through. And we shout about that, and that's exciting because we are so grateful to hear the stories. You know, what? Uh, that the, the testimony make it fat the bones. Like, it's, it's great to hear the testimony, what, what God has brought you through. It is great to hear what God has brought you out of. I'm so grateful that God has given us some people that are able to stand up and say, if you only knew, if you had been, if it had not been for the Lord on my side back in the day, I don't know where I'd be, but thanks be to God that while I was still broken, while I was still beaten, while I still didn't have the answer. He had grace enough to love me in my moment of brokenness that I'm able to stand here today. And I'm so glad that we have a church that is of people that have been broken, that knows what it's like to have gone through some things. Because then we're able to have some mercy and we're able to love on some people and grab a hold of some people and walk with some people through some things because we know what it's like. The scripture says, such were some of you. And so I'm glad to be associated with Pineview Church that is full of imperfect people that are grabbing a hold and lifting up our heads into the hills from which cometh our help. Our help isn't coming from our perfection. Our help isn't coming from our righteousness. Our help isn't coming from our goodness. Our help isn't coming from our abilities. But our help is coming from the Lord. But that's not what he's saying. He's not looking at this woman and preaching her a message and saying, look at your past, but look what I brought you out of. Because he tells her, he says, ma'am, go get your husband. And she's getting all fiddle fingers, you know, you get all nervous when you start, you know, you're getting caught up in something. You get all fiddle fingers, y'all know. Start stumbling, uh, uh, well, well, uh, well, what happened was... She says, you know what? I don't have a husband. And he says, you're right. <laughs> Not on, you've had five of them boys. <laughs> and the one you got right now, that ain't even your husband. So he's not looking at her and saying, look at all that stuff. Ain't that great? He is reading her laundry. So he's not telling her, look at, if you only knew what I brought you out of. It's not what he's saying. But Gary, what he's saying is, look at all that stuff that you're living through. Look at all that ugliness that is attached to you. Look at all that, just that, that stuff that you've had to endure. Look at all that pain and hardship that has made you come at this inconvenient moment. Nobody else is here. Look around. There is nobody else here. You are all alone. You are by yourself all because of that. But if you only knew, not about that stuff, 
but if you only knew who is sitting right here, right now, right in front of you in this moment, it would negate all of that stuff. It would change the story if you only knew. Some of us need to understand you know, Brother Carl, I'm feeling the power of God here today. I'm, I'm, I'm saying, like, listen, whatever you need is here. And some of us don't understand because we're looking at all the stuff that we've endured. We're looking at all the stuff that we've gone through. We're looking at all the stuff that we've had to fight through. We're looking at all the stuff and we're saying, listen, it's just good that I'm here. It's just good that I've made it. Listen, it's just, I, you know what, this is all I deserve. This is all that I, you know what, I've, this stuff is too messy. It's too ugly. It's too difficult. It's too, yes, listen, some of you may not be able to shout because, look at what the Lord has done but some of you need to stand up today and say listen who is here right now look at who is here right now look at who's here right because that's what happens when we have an encounter with the king but I want to talk to you and listen y'all see that wasn't even in notes some of y'all like he ain't done yet haven't even started. I want to talk, because as I was praying this morning, I, I, I don't want you to, to get confused. Because we're talking about an encounter with the king. But what I don't want you to see, I, I don't want you to think that an encounter with every king is like this. You see, I've been very careful over the last three weeks about the verbiage that I use, and some of you may not understand, like you may not, uh, you may not have noticed, but ask Sarah, like I'm very careful about the words that I say. I do not say what I do not mean. It is like a personality flaw, like I will just say nothing. I will just sit and be like, mm-hmm, instead of saying something that I do not mean. The last three weeks I have said an encounter with the king. Some of you have interpreted that as saying encounter with a king. And you see, here's the problem. We hear about in stories and fairy tales about how powerful kings are. They slay dragons. They, uh, what is it, save the damsel in distress, right? We are taught, indoctrinated with this idea that kings are powerful. And we understand if we read the newspaper, if we, we dig into, uh, I don't know if anybody actually reads the newspaper. I don't know why I was opening up a newspaper, like that actually is really a thing anymore. But if you open your newspaper, swipe your newspaper, we'll hear about those that are kings holding these offices of power and privilege. These ones that masses look to for answers by sheer just, just breath and speaking words, they're able to shift economies and, 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 and grant rights that, that some of us don't have, just being connected with kings. You see, kings are powerful. Kings don't often always live in, in palaces. Sometimes they live in doctor's offices or courtrooms or, or drive police cars. Those that have power and privilege, places of status. Let me tell you, they often, kings we think of, often uh, speak in, in, behind podiums just like this. Places. But I don't want to get it twisted. 
Because about kings, just, just kings, Lord. There is a limit to what, because I did not say that. What I told, so I want to make sure you're clear. Once we leave, the different, a king, the king. Let's go to 2 Kings. Kings, chapter, verse 24, beginning of chapter 6, battle that's brewing. And we find, hears from the Lord as they speak to the king, instantly avoid capture. Avoid capture. To the point where, what is going on? What is happening? Like who, he literally, which one of y'all lie? Which leaders? That's what he says. King then goes, where's Elisha? He says, Dotham. Army goes to Dotham to destroy Elisha. But Elisha prays. Can I make a little side, little, uh, little thing? Please don't pray for me like that. Y'all just continue to love me. Don't pray like, don't do that to me. And then leads him away, leads him straight to the king. The king is like, what do I do? And then, and then he prays and says, okay, make him unblind. Blind, they are captured. King of Israel's looking around like, what do I do with them? And Elisha's like, treat them. Releases them back. Good to go. The king should have learned something, right? Should have learned how... But we find in verse 4, it says, Sometime later, Ad of Aram mustered his army and besieged Samaria. It's happening again. Verse number 25, it says, as a result, there was a... So what is happening is, been surrounding this to all outside resources. This king, which is powerful, the king is used between death and life for an entire army to the point where it says that the entire city is in a famine. It says the city, the city's head sold for a bunch of money and a comes of dove's dung sold for a bunch more money. Things that used to be waste, used to just be thrown away, is now sold things ransom. We find king, powerful, leader, strong, is not powerful enough to say, you see, a king, even God's chosen people's king, is limited in things that are bigger, that are strong, more strategic, that are more powerful than they are. You see, a king could not get them out. Fine, uh, uh, keep going in the, uh, verse 26. It says, and then one day as the king of Israel, was, he's just looking around. He's trying to figure out what's going on. He's looking, he inventory, he understands we're in a famine, but you know, let, let me just take care of what's going on. And he says, he's walking around and a woman comes and says, please help me. You see, because this woman understood that in years past, in moments past, was able to help out. Times past, this king, she... So, verse 28, we'll eat my son tomorrow. We're the majority of us have all that we need. We just talked about, there are some of us in here that don't have needs, didn't bring stuff in here, and so we're blessed. We're sitting blessing. How many of you are blessed? How many of you are, how many of you are your blessings? So we're sitting here and operating our blessing through the view of our blessing. And we're looking and saying, how could it took over an entire nation? And the king could not get him out. And so she says, you know what? So my son, we were so broken, so desperate, that a the unthinkable. Desperate they were. The unthinkable. 
with the guilt and the pain and the anguish of this decision that she goes to the, the woman the next day and says, you know, I guess it's your turn. Like it, it was painful, but a deal's a deal. She says that it's her son. And so what she's asking the king is, go get her son. This is the kingdom that this king is reigning over. This is where this king is at. This is where he's led his kingdom. This is what it looks like to be a king. He understood. If we keep going, keep verse 30. When the king heard this, close in despair, beaten. You see, some of us, we've been having some encounters with some kings. Answers to our problems and our circumstances and our situations. And they may have been helpful before. But there's going to be a day where that king proves that they're not the king. But they are just a king. We're going to turn around and say, listen, you were able to answer my need yesterday. You were able to solve my problem yesterday. You were able to get me through yesterday. You were able to make a way yesterday. What happened between yesterday and today? It became prevalent and known that they weren't the king. That they were just a king. Can you imagine the anguish and the heartache that the promise is now gone and she went to what she thought was the king for an answer and he looks in despair and just rips his clothes and it's done? Can you imagine the anguish? There are so many in this room that can because you know what it's like to have encounters with a king. Some of you know what it's like to walk and have encounters with a king. Leaving unsatisfied because of the limitations of a king. Man, <laughs> this is a bummer. I want to show you, because this, is, this isn't over, but I want to show you what happens next. I want to show you what happens next. So even in this moment of famine and despair, even in this place of heartache and rejection, there are those that are still not good enough. When, 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 when people are eating donkey's heads and, and having to sacrifice their children, there are still, in this moment, in this story, there are still those that are looked on by the king and society. So we just ended chapter 6. We're going to chapter 7. There's a part right above 1 and 2. It just gives a little backstory. But verse number 3. It says, Now there were four men with leprosy sitting at the entrance of the city gates. Have to remember, Thomas, this city is surrounded by the enemy. They've got some walls. It says that the king was walking the walls. Everybody was inside the gates. They're dying. They're hungry. But they're still inside the gate. 
The king, who is powerful and, and, and able to do, to, to make decrees, is saying that these four, you can't even come in. This is not even, even though all of us are broken, you're even more broken. Just too much. So I'm going to feed you to the enemy. I'm going to leave you all out there by yourself. I'm going to let you go all by yourself. Just like the, the Samaritan woman. Somebody could have said, hey, sis, I understand that life's not great. But listen, come on. I'm going to be in this with you. Come on. I got this. Like, we're a community. We're a family. Like, we're going to be doing this together. But even though everybody needed water, everyone had a need, no one. They said, listen, you by yourself. There are some of you in this room that understand what it's like to have to go by yourself. Some of you know all alone. You know what it's like to have to fight all by yourself. These four lepers, they were like, listen, we can't get in there. We don't want to go in there because everybody's dying in there. We might as well, like if we just sit here, we're going to die. Let's go over there and see. Maybe they'll be nice to us. Maybe the enemy is going to be kind to us. They ain't been good. This place not good. So let's try something else. In the city, we will starve if we go back. We can't go there. We can't stay here. So we might as well go out and surrender. We might as well go to them. Because if they let us live, so much the better. But if they kill us, we're going to be dead anyway. Let me show you the difference. Because this is what it's like when you have an encounter with a king. This is your choice. There only can do so much here. There's only so much that had been done back there, so I must just give in. These are terrible choices. Heart-breaking choices. But this is what choices, this is what life looks like when you live within counting. Go to verse 5. So it says, so at twilight. Y'all, I have a bunch more in here, but I, I really want to just dig it. So at twilight, it says they set out. But when they came to the edge of the camp, something miraculous has happened. Nobody's there, Sister Aisha. The issue, the problem, the enemy is no there. You see, that king is still back there. That problem, that stuff is still back there. But the thing that I thought was going to be the end of me in front of me is no longer there. Let me tell you why. It's not because these lepers were just, you know, uh, so, uh, such, such um, tactical geniuses that they were able to outsmart the enemy. That wasn't the case. It wasn't because they had so much might and so much clout, so, so much political savvy that they were able to negotiate themselves. Uh, that wasn't what happened. For the Indian army to hear the clatter of speeding chariots and the galloping of horses and the sounds of great armies approaching. 
You see, these four lepers that have been rejected, that have been ostracized, that know what it's like to have to live with just a king, had an encounter with the king that changed the trajectory of their future. Because as four men that have understand what it's like to be broken, understand what it's like to be rejected, four men that understood what it's like to have everybody turn their back on you, they're beginning to walk in this loneliness. They're walking in this solitude. They're walking in this place saying, listen, we're just going. Every step they're taking where they feel alone, where they think in that issue, every step in that problem, what the enemy is hearing is mighty armies coming against them but one of us needs to understand even though we didn't even though we feel left out all we have to understand is that his word says he'll never leave us nor forsake us but every step we take the army of God is going with us the enemy of our soul is not being able to fight against the armies of God So let me hear, let me, let me tell you this. I'm almost done. I want you to hear me. Some of you know what it's like to face where you're looking around and saying, I don't deserve. It's been a struggle. It's been a fight. But though the weapon may seem fierce, the word of God says that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Some of us need to understand that it's not what we've been through, nor is it where we are. But who are you having an encounter with? What are you depending on? A king will leave you with impossible decisions. An encounter with just any king in a place of brokenness solitude and disappointment but an encounter with the king it changes the story forever because what I learned from this story is that to the king these four lepers didn't have worth everyone else inside the city gates have a famine though we're dying though things aren't working out they had some worth they could fight they maybe had a little money Maybe had a little prestige, a little place and position. But these four lepers had nothing. The woman at the well didn't have worth. But this encounter that the king has lets me know that we are all worth it. Every single one of us has worth. As we know, our righteousness is as filthy rags. But some of us need to understand that on the fact that we are called and chosen, are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. You've got something that is incredible, that is in you. Ephesians, Ephesians says that we are made and created in the image of God. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. That's who we are. I think it's verse 8. They went expecting to die, 
But it says, when the lepers arrived at the edge of the camp, they went into the tent after tent. But they went from tent to tent, eating and drinking and, and carrying off silver and gold and, 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 and clothing and just gathering it all up. They were the blessings on blessings on blessings. This is what it looks like when you have an encounter with the king. Some of you know what it's like because you used to be sick and you used to be miserable and things used to happen and everybody's looking at you and saying, why do you have a smile on your face? How can you still shout? How can you still live like that? See what happened. The enemy came in like a flood. Uh, uh, Peter, Satan desired to have you to sift you as wheat, but you know what? I had an encounter with the king that changed the story for me. I had an encounter with Jesus Christ which totally flipped the script for my family, flipped the script for my marriage, flipped the script for my, 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 my business. There are some of you that know what it's like to live in blessings that you didn't earn. Some of you know what it's like to live in blessings that you didn't have to fight for. But God opened up a door. How many of you know that he is still We can all, anything we can ask or think. If you've ever experienced the goodness of God, how about you just take a second, put your hands together and thank him this morning. If you've ever experienced God showing you undue mercy, come on, just take a second and just thank the Lord this morning. If you've ever found yourself in a place in a midnight hour where God begins to work in your life just thank him for just a second Blessings on blessings. But let me tell you, it doesn't matter how dim your present looks. If you have an encounter with the king, your future is bright. It does not matter how desperate your circumstances may be. When you understand, if you only knew if you only knew who it was that was sitting in front of you and the gift that God has for you, if you only knew. But let me tell you this, musicians, you can come. Jesus is going to work it out for you. He's going to make a way for you. He's going to bring about blessings for you. Some of you are going to continue to have, you're going to have new testimonies and be able to say, this is where I was, but thanks. There are going to be some spouses that are saying, listen, we are on the brink, but in his infinite mercy. There are some of you that are going to be able to say, listen, I was all alone by myself but I just kept on, I just kept the faith. I just kept taking those steps. I didn't know where I was going. I didn't know what the future had for me. But God went before me, and if he be for me, there is nothing that can be against me. There are those of you that the future, you're going to be standing and being a shining example of what God is doing and can do because of what he's done in your life. 
But let me tell you this. But something in them said that it's not enough. You see, it says, finally they said to each other, this is not right. This is a day of good news. We are blessed, we are free, we are saved. But we're not. There are people back there, though there's pain back there, though there's heartache back there, though there's stuff, there's ugliness back there, Candace, there are people back there that are dying. I could just stay here. We could just sit here, enjoy all the spoils. But as I told you last week, when you have an kid, it requires something of you. You see, this blessing is not just for you. This freedom is not just for you. This peace, it's not just for you. The joy, it's not just for you. That are living a life that is far beneath the victory that God has for them right here. So the question I have today is who is king? My family requires something more than just a king. Requires something more than just a king. My ministry is something more than just an encounter with a king. Because an encounter with a king will get me through a day or two. But ultimately, I'm going to be disappointed. Ultimately, I'm going to have despair. Ultimately, I'm still going to be broken and lonely. How many of you this morning are ready to say, listen, I need to have an encounter with the King? And the fact that you are coming on Sundays, on snow, rain, sleet, hail, to teach our children. Because they're going to go to school tomorrow and have encounters with kings. They're going to college campuses and having encounters with kings. Going to work and having encounters with kings. But those things won't save them. Those kings won't save them. They need to have an encounter with the king. You see, this is why we push prayer so hard. 
Because encounters with a king may be good, they're all right. You're going to find some answers some days, but there's going to be a day that that king is going to be like, listen, what worked before, I I don't know. I, I don't have an answer today. But we know that when we pray to the king, through prayer and fasting. You see, in 2023, the prayers of the righteous still availeth much. But when you have that encounter, I want to tell you, I want to be clear. When you have an encounter with the king, freedom is guaranteed. Joy is guaranteed. Peace comes when you have an encounter with the king. Blessings come when you have an encounter with the king. When you have an encounter with the king. In the face of trial, in the face of calamity, in the face of sure death, you're able to stand up strong and mighty because of the king. But hear me. Because he's telling you, I want you to live in blessing. I want you to live in victory. I want you to live in freedom. I want you to live an overcoming life. I have called you to be more than a conqueror. I've called you to be the head and not the tail. I've called you a mighty man of valor. I have put blessings on you. I have called you for such a time as this. I have pulled you out of the place where you were and put you in a place of victory. I have done those things for you. But there are some that are still back there. There are still some that are back there that are broken, that are chained, that are in desperate need of the same victory and healing that you're experiencing. So let me tell you, some of you have been having some encounters with a king. I'm going to invite you to have an encounter with the king this morning. I'm going to ask you, I'm going to invite you to have a place where you're saying, God, I can't do it with all these other things. But Lord, I'm going to give it all over to you. Some of you are going to know what it's like to live a life that is free today. Somebody here today is going to, you walked in here like, I did not know what I signed up for and you're about to leave and life is going to be completely different for you. Because that's what happens when you encounter the king. But there are some of you that are about to have a fresh encounter where God is going to call you to do some things. He's going to put some things on you. He's going to start asking you to pray about some stuff. Start praying for some people. He's going to ask you to start going and, and speaking life over some things. Why? Sister Roseanne, I've learned I'm worth it. He will do these things because I'm worth it. But he's going to ask me to do some things because they're worth it.
as we stand all over the room. I said, I'm done. I, I said that like 15 minutes ago. My bad. I'm for real done now. I'm going to invite you to come. I'm going to need some leaders here because there are about to be some people that are looking for some encounters. I need some prayer leaders. I need some that are willing to just stand and just pray over some people today because there are some people that are in need of an encounter with the King. I'm going to invite you to come from wherever you are. You know that this space up here, there's nothing special about the physical space. What is special is the commitment that you're making in your heart to step away from some things and seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Because when you do that, Hebrews says that he is a rewarder of them that will diligently seek him, that will look for him, that will say, I've, I've, I've looked for kings before. I've had encounters with kings before. But God, I need an encounter with you, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. He says, then I'll hear them from heaven. I will heal their land. I will bless the place that they walk where armies of the enemy where armies that come against you shall be defeated just by your footsteps. That's what it's like to have an encounter with the king. So this morning, come on, wherever you are, have, don't leave this morning without having a true encounter with God. Because that encounter, that moment, that interaction changes everything. God bless you. They're about to sing. I'm going to invite you to come. I'm happy to pray with you, but don't miss this moment with an encounter with the King. God bless you. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power.